and welcome on into another episode of Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for all of your picks, parlays, plays, and analysis around the beautiful game. Powered by the Book It Sports Network, download the Book It app today. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson. Taylor, welcome on back. We missed you on the mini pod for the Champions League earlier this week, but great to have you back here with us. Always a pleasure, Tom. Uh, it was kind of a tricky midweek in Champions League, although there was some other non-Champions League stuff that did me well. Um, we can touch on that briefly, but hopefully we get back to kind of a standard Prem slate this weekend. We're continuing to try to juggle, you know, these Thursday to Sunday turnarounds and just a lot of footy still, man. A lot of footy. So much football to be played. And yes, I have a heartbreaker for you from the Champions League this week. But let's first bring in... Our very own friend of the show. Welcome on back in. Now working for Betsperts, Dylan Esma. Dylan, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are doing great over here. A lot better than I was, certainly, over the Champions League on the midweek. Heartbreak for me. Heartbreak for Juventus, as they don't go through, but they did enough to win me one half of my two-leg parlay. It was the other half, the half that I didn't expect to have a problem with. Dortmund versus Sevilla. Sevilla gets a last-second, meaningless equalizer that ruins my my two-leg parlay on both Juventus and Dortmund to win. Absolute pain, but at least my Dortmund Futures ticket is still alive. It's such a cruel sport, isn't it? It it really can be. However, I, mean, I, had, the, I had the under three, meaningless goal, lose that one. I had Juve, obviously, don't get me started on uh, the wall. Chesney with the lettuce hands. I mean, like, even without the wall, he should have stopped that. I mean, a Champions League goalkeeper should have stopped that. Oh, terrible, that. terrible. I don't – so let, let's get let's get some wall takes out there first, though. So what – the wall, the wall typically is going to jump in that spot. I've always said that the cheeky move is to try to go under the wall – but like you say, Dylan, if you're going to go under the wall, typically you're not going to have enough pace to get it past the keeper. So that's where the Chesney criticism comes, right? Okay, here's, yeah, and, here's and my also, thing. Here's, here's another point. It's the goalkeeper's job to set up the wall. So totally. even if you're going to blame Cristiano for jumping, it's the goalkeeper's job to tell the people on the wall what to do. So, I mean, regardless, I think it's his fault. And, and and the pace on the shot was slow. It wasn't even a good shot. It wasn't even in the corner. It was like, I mean, come on. Like that was just look, it, it was it was a fine corner. shot in the sense that it was on target, but it was you know, it didn't have a ton of pace on it. Yeah. I, I just, that was that, that was a fairly worm burning ball. I, I, I disagree with that. I still think Chesney should have stopped it, but also what we've seen in the Premier League this season is that the players will get in the wall and then one player lays down behind their legs allowing the wall to jump while also maintaining that shield and Juventus just absolutely with poor strategy there not setting up that additional man if you're gonna jump you have that extra player down there now absolutely um but I it is gonna be interesting to see if you know because like anything um you know <clears throat> The, the this might influence others to try to go under the wall so keep your eyes peeled for the next round uh, maybe a cheeky under the wall situation in the shithousery that is chelsea atletico we'll see here's we my opinion see. here's my opinion it's the champions league round of 16 um i think 
most other goalkeepers on every other team would have saved that shot. So I agree. I have I to mean, agree with that. And, and that's, and it's, and it's, you know, I think some people, some people think highly of, of him, but like imagine Inter were playing and Handanovic was doing that. That's not a goal. Handanovic would have scored, would have, would have saved that. So, you know, it's just frustrating. Um, and then not to move on, but you know, uh, another bad beat I had, I took the over in Liverpool Leipzig and there were like 4.4 expected goals. And somehow the game ends two zero. I mean, I, you know, regression is cruel. I feel like I've had some bad beats here in the champions. Like, I mean, I can't believe that game should have been like five to one and it was two zero. So I I'm with you 100% Tom on it feels like feels like hey. I was a little hard done uh this week with a few of them but you know we move on well, well I just hey. faded I faded Liverpool there so I'm just a moron so I can't even talk about bad beats well you know you guys are soccer experts you know how does Fulham beat them 1-0 and then they beat Leipzig 4 I'm just like what I I think I'm that kind of dumbfounded I don't understand I mean, I I stayed away from that game because I, I my personal belief is that these teams in the champions league the teams that deserve to be there they show up for those big games and maybe they don't show up as much for a fulham in the midweek but you when, when it's time to put lace up the boots and go out there for the champions league they they find a way to win and liverpool did that erling halan did that the the PSG did that Barcelona did not do that but Barcelona also has more problems than they can it seems overcome right now well that was uh, all Dembele's fault Dembele had like three supreme chances in the first half of course doesn't put him away but mm-hmm. uh, Taylor is it really that simple it's just you know ignore domestic form and just trust on <laughs> just trust the big players to come up big in the big spots because what I'll tell you is you know, in the group stage, I was doing very well. In the round of 16, I've had a poor run here. And and my strategy has been, you know, do what I do in every domestic league, which is pay attention to expected goals, pay attention to recent form, and pay attention to lineups. That's what I do. That's my process. And in the Champions League, that has not worked. That It's not worked. For the teams that are not in domestic form, it has not mattered they've been killers in the champions league. And, you know, that might be the lesson is just, you know, maybe pay less attention to domestic form and how they're playing, you know, versus low team, not lower league teams, but teams in their league, they should be beating and just focus on like, yeah, Holland and Lewandowski and Mbappe, they're, they're going to come up big in those spots. Maybe that's what I've learned so far. Also, just second legs are notoriously hard uh, in this competition. And I I thought this slate, and I said this before as well, wasn't on the mini pod to have the audio to back it up. I didn't actually love this slate anyway. Doesn't mean I didn't put some action down and I did not do well. Um, So looking ahead to next week, we're not going to do Champions League uh, preview stuff today, but I like it a little bit more. But I do think these second legs, man, they can just be tricky in general. You got to kind of ride the wave and see what happens. Now, we talk about the Champions League. We talk about our bad beats there. But the domestic league was pretty nice to us over the weekend, Taylor. Our best bets both go 2-1. and one, And that feels pretty dang good. Moves me up to 10-13. and 13. 
down two and a half units on the season right now, but Hey, we're coming back. We had our cold streak and I feel like I've been warming up. I've been getting a little bit better. We got some new plays coming this week. You did, you did pretty well as well last week, didn't you? Also two and one. So a nice four and two collective for the show on the aggregate there. Um, I that so I had that Manchester Derby under as I'm just continuing to hammer big six versus big six unders. That was in real jeopardy early with like a second minute penalty. I was very scared and city was doing what city does a lot in that second half where it's like, are they about to score three goals in 10 minutes? I'm going to get completely screwed out of this one. I felt a little bit lucky to survive that under, to be fair. Got it. Also had the under two and a quarter um, getting most of that money uh, in a one, one draw on the Madrid Derby. So felt good to get those. Completely whiffed on the other one uh, in Serie A, Dylan Esma's specialty league, going <clears throat> over in the Inter-Atalanta game, and that uh, missed badly. So that was my only loss, but I'll take it. I, I could have had a rocking chair bet if I had stuck with my gut and gone with the Dortmund-Bayern over. That was over in the first half. But I picked Dortmund, I picked Bayern to win the game, and we know that they dropped two goals in the first 10 minutes and promptly came back to win. What was your, you had a live uh, play of some kind to add on to that, Tom, right? In Byron Dortman? Um, I think I live took the draw when they yeah, went yeah. down. Which I so did. I didn't get I did. that, but I, I yeah. ended up coming out. I, I ended up coming out fairly okay on the day. You played that smartly though. Like you, you saw like kind of a mini hedge on the draw, which the draw felt good, but it almost, I, I should have taken Dortmund just scored too early, man. It's just too, it's too yeah, early. I, I should have taken Byron to win that game. I should have stuck with yeah. my gut and gotten, gotten more on them because even when they're down two zero, it's still Byron. And you have to remember that sometimes. Totally. Well, and well, on he went out in the what? 60th, 60th minute. 60th and that, that's so that I was, I, I did a, a Byron over two and a half parlay at minus 120 is the way I played it. And when that happened, I was like, ah, I don't think I'm dead yet. Cause without him, I mean, they had they no attack. Yeah. And no and, Sancho, you know, so it's not like yeah, it was yeah. just him that, you know, they, they think, had no one up top and they were just absorbing too much pressure and it felt inevitable that Byron was going to get those goals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had a, I had a pretty good, pretty good weekend. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I started off the season really well in Syria and then I had a cold streak, which brought me close to, you know, only up like five units on the year and, uh, you know, I'm back up to plus 17 units. So the pram, I gave back a few the last week and Syria, I think I was like 12 and 12 and two or something over the last oh, week. Print his tickets, folks. Let's hear everything you have in Italy this week. Look, scrap everything we had on the show. Throw the docket in the trash can, Tom. <laughs> Dylan, we're muting ourselves. Tell us your Serie A plays. We'll, we'll wait for the end of the show, but I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, I, and, and the one that frustrated me, and again, this is kind of how gambling works, where it's like, I go 12 and three, and it's like I'm still complaining about the the ones that lost, but I had Adelanta <laughs> plus a half against Inter, that one was a little frustrating. I feel like, you know, it's Inter's year. That's that. That's the Syria yeah. comment. Is you know there are games where it's like, Atalanta should have gotten a point from that game. They should have. They should have probably scored in the first half. They had three really good headers. That you know, again, Handanovich is just a great keeper and he saved. And then Inter kind of got a lucky bounce on a corner. That's where they scored. And then. Atalanta had a bunch of chances. So sometimes it's kind of like with Man City, you know, I know like analytics people would say this is hokey, but like sometimes 
it's just out of, it's just inter's year like I'm, I'm not fading them like at all like i mean you i'm either not betting or i'm betting on them because you, 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 how can you win how, how can you fade this team i mean lukaku is playing like the best striker in the world not named lewandowski that's that that's a fact and the rest of the team is backing him up and playing really well well so here's a here's a like really small point then we can move on to the prem because i know that's what most people care about but so christian erickson who used to play on tottenham and he's kind of viewed as like a kind of a whiny playmaker like he doesn't really like to play defense or get physical and he was like banging with people he was like banging with Adelaide. when you can have players like that kind of buy in and do things like that that he doesn't so it's lukaku and and martinez and but it's also like players that you know people that team is buying in that's like and that's like huge so that's the one thing I was really surprised by in that game was like, oh, Christian Eriksen is playing defense. I didn't expect this. I don't think I've ever seen him do this before. So, I, I will also say I think part of this is because they have one of my favorite managers of all time in Antonio Conte. I, like, he is a great manager, and he is get, getting them to do great things. I think that their biggest obstacle is no Champions League. I don't think that they I, – I, I think that uh, – I think they're going to focus on, on Italy too much, but I also think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I see that as a positive. Yeah. That's clearly what's happening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like this team, well, that's getting into a champions league preview and we can talk about that later on, but inter absolutely playing amazing. But right now let's focus our attention back in to the domestic League in England, and wow, I am butchering this transition, my friends. But let's talk about some Premier League action. We have a game coming up tomorrow. It is going to be a barn burner between two class teams of the league. Newcastle takes on Aston Villa. Newcastle plus 290. Villa even money to win the game. And the draw plus 245. Fellas, I am liking Aston Villa in this contest, and I am also very much liking the under. What do you say, Taylor Wilson? This one's for my 90s kids out there, the OGs who like some old gritty Prem footy. I don't love the prices here. I do like Villa. You're getting them right around even. As you know, I've been a fade Newcastle man all year. I think the under is probably the safer play here. Um, do we know what is the, uh, the Grealish injury situation? Um, cause I, I couldn't get a good read today as we're recording. Let Sounds me, like uh, let me see what I can. Cause I, I do, I do still think that's very significant. Like we've seen a big difference when Grealish was kind of playing hurt and when he's he not will been miss, playing, he will miss Newcastle. So I then like the under a lot more than any side, to be honest. Um, I would still think about. A Villa play, certainly nothing on Newcastle. You have to continue to be on the fade Newcastle train. Tom and I have talked about thinking about Newcastle relegation tickets. At this point, the value isn't there in the same way that it was at one point. Um, This is by no means (laughs) one of my favorite plays of the week, but I think you got to look in the underzone. I don't know exactly what number you'd take. If you could get Villa like plus 160 or something, I would take him to heartbeat. I don't think there's enough value there. Uh, give, give me two and a half at minus one forty one. I don't think three goals get scored in this game. I don't think coming two. Ar- gets, co- I don't. I don't coming think around to some of those minus plays, Tom. I like it. I don't I, even I, think two get scored. To be honest, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I these, Warner, these underplays have been, I, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but it really does feel like the last several weeks, the underplays have been cashing a little bit more. For months, and some of these games, you can just see it. No, I, I, think it, I think it has to do with tired legs. Everybody's been playing nonstop and you're not seeing the same offensive dynamics, uh, d- dynamics that you have in the past. And it's causing some of these games between bad teams to be much more defensive, sit back, and no one really wants to do anything with the ball. So nothing gets done with the ball. And I do think the no fans plays a, a role. I know like the analytics people will be like, oh, that, yeah, who cares? But in some of these games, you get to the 60th, 70th, 80th minute, the fans are going to be letting you know that they don't want this disgusting low-scoring draw. And I do think that has an effect on some of these games. Um, it's the complete opposite of what we saw the first couple of months in the in the season. Now, you will st- still see a, an occasional over here and there, but it's usually these blowouts, right? Like, those have been the games where we've been seeing the overs. You're not seeing as many, like, four threes and three threes in those crazy games that we saw in the first couple of months of the season. So if you're ever trying to find an over, I would think about a game where, you know, obviously City is the is the clear-cut example, but the games where you think there could be a blowout. I, yeah, I completely my, agree. My handicap of this game is um, without Grealish, Villa are – they're just a different team, and but they're still really strong defensively. Their advanced metrics still say that they're, you know, they're strong defensively, and their goalkeeper, Martinez, is having a great year. Um, and then on top of that, some injury news for Newcastle, which I think is important. Okay. So Callum Wilson, who is their really one of their only good players, to be honest, he's, you know, I'm looking at the list here. I think he's going to be out. Um, Elmeron, who's like, he doesn't score a lot, but he's a, he's a good attacking threat on the wing. He does a lot of nice things. He looks to be out. ASM, um, Maximin, he, he's one of the more athletic players in the Prem. All three of those guys look to be out. If that's true. There's no punch, no attack. They're not going to score. I mean, I, no. I and, and that was true against West Brom last week and it was zero zero. So I'm kind of thinking like under two plus money. I don't, yes. I don't think, I don't think Newcastle are scoring. And if that goes over, it's, it's a Villa you know, spanking, but without Grealish. So yeah, I like the, the unders the play with, with, if those guys are out, which again, I like to wait until official lineups come out in coat with COVID because it's kind of hard to know, but, uh, but yeah, under. Happy Friday, everyone. Enjoy, enjoy half a goal of expected goals uh, on the total there. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Would you, would you guys consider a zero, zero exacta or not? Yeah, I would. I love it. I would, yeah. Let's shift or, over to Saturday or, or, morning. Or maybe under half Newcastle at like plus one ten yeah, or something it, like that. If, that. if you're getting a plus price on that, I would definitely think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's shift over to the Saturday morning slate, bright and early at four thirty in the morning Pacific time. Leeds taking on Chelsea. Leeds plus three fifty. Chelsea on the road as the favorite at minus one thirty four, and the draw plus two ninety five. Guys, I, 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 I'm taking Chelsea in this spot all day. So the first thing I'll say is people are immediately going to circle this as a trap game. Chelsea coming off of a bunch of really tough fixtures in a row, away to Atletico, uh, Manchester United, Liverpool, Everton. Those are their recent fixtures. Naturally, you'd assume this could be a slip-up. They're also, of course, playing Atletico again for 
probably the most important game of the season, that second leg in the Champions League against Atletico. So there's going to be some look past this game factor. I would just caution against obsessing on the trap game roulette stuff because yes, eventually Chelsea will slip up under Tuchel. I just don't really want to kind of, you know, throw a dart at the wall and figure out which game it's going to be. Because I think more often than not, that's not going to happen. And the other part of this is Chelsea just has enough depth. They're the anti-Lester, right? We talk about Lester with only a starting 11. Chelsea has 20 to 25 players, genuinely, who are in and out of this rotation. There are guys like, it wouldn't shock me if finally, amid the rumors this week that Christian Pulisic wants out, that he starts this game and goes off. Like something like that wouldn't shock me, guys who haven't been completely in Tuchel's plans coming in in this game and actually playing very, very well and having a point to prove. I don't love the numbers, but at this point, I'm taking Chelsea every game in some way. You know, I know I'm a Chelsea fan, so it's going to sound like a Chelsea blowhard comment, but they're one of the hotter teams in the world right now. Two goals conceded in 11 games in the Thomas Tuchel era. I think you have to be considering an underplay anytime they play as well. Leeds totals are all over the place, which scares me about that, but three of their last four have gone under for Leeds, so let's just consider that even though their style doesn't always dictate that. I'm probably just going straight up though. Chelsea minus 134. I, I'm I'm with you on the same boat. How about you, Dylan? Yeah, I think I would agree. Um, the numbers kind of stinks, but um, like it looks cheap to me. I mean, I'm minus 130 given how they're playing. I mean, outside of Man City they they're really good i mean advanced metrics would tell you that too they're second like easily so and city's like you know uncomparable right now so you'll probably see some squad rotation as you guys are kind of talking about so you know it's going to depend on the lineup with me but it but if i like the lineup enough i do think they have enough depth leads have been sneakily horrible like recent form wise. I mean, they got spanked by West Ham, which I know West Ham, you know, they're right up there. I'm not like fully buying, you know, and maybe that's my mistake, but I was surprised that that was so non-competitive. So I probably would play Chelsea minus 130 more. So just, I think leads are kind of dragging their feet a little bit. Um, And the totals 2.75, you know, I probably wouldn't touch that. And if anything, I kind of think over just because I think this Chelsea team is kind of, is kind of clicking right now. I mean, that Everton game, I was really impressed. And yes, Everton basically like handed them two goals, um, you know, the one penalty, and then I guess not handed, but the deflection was lucky. I mean, but if you look at the expected goals, Chelsea deserved it. I mean, they created basically the whole game and Everton didn't at all. So, you know, if they can dominate Everton, I mean, Leeds is like, you know, a few steps below that in my opinion. So the play will probably be, I'll probably do Chelsea minus 130. A quick note on Leeds, which I think you're kind of touching on, Dylan. A reminder to everyone, like, we're getting into the second fixture now. And Leeds reminds me a little bit. They're more, they're obviously more fun. They're more exciting. But they remind me a little bit of, of Sheffield United a year ago where teams started to catch up to their style the second time that they faced them. Chelsea beat Leeds the first time they played them, also beat them by a couple of goals. 
I don't expect Leeds to like get any better in that matchup this time around with a better Chelsea manager, with the players in better form. The trap game stuff, you know, you would have to ignore a lot of matchups to kind of buy into that narrative. So again, I'm with you, Dylan. I don't think there's any like super attractive price here, but this is just a big picture kind of macro, keep taking Chelsea. And then the Leeds takes, I think are, are fair as well. Yeah, sometimes this thing is simple. Sometimes you can overthink it. And <laughs> ain't I that think, the truth? I think this time you just, I'm with you. Kind of like with Inter. It's just like, I'm just going to bet them and they're going to win more than they're not. Exactly. So now, guys, let's move on up the docket. Crystal Palace playing West Brom. Palace plus 118, West Brom plus 265, the draw plus 215. And this is another game for me that is screaming under two and a half at minus 165. Yeah, I would even consider going lower than that to try to get a better price. Like, do, do we think about two and a quarter to give some more flexibility at minus 125? Do we go even lower than that? Uh, I'll maybe leave that up to Dylan as far as like what the best number is. I have circled under two and a quarter at minus 125. I, I'm fully in agreement with you, Tom. Under, under, under is the play here. I would not encourage anyone necessarily to, to bet this game in any way, but I do like the under, um, and you don't have to watch every game that you bet. So under two and a quarter. Dylan, how about you? Uh, I don't have the lineups yet. Yeah, we're too far. Uh, so if Zaha can play, I kind of like Palace. Um. He came in in their last game, which tells me he might be closer back to fitness. So if he can start, I kind of like that minus quarter, minus 110, the money line plus, plus one, I think 117 is what I saw. The under makes total sense. Um, but, you know, Zaha, I just think, is a game changer for them. And if he can start, I, I prob- I'm probably, I'd probably bet them. Crystal Palace would be my play. They are a huge drop off when Zaha's not out there. And I'd say the same for Schlupp. Like without Zaha and Schlupp, the pace is right. so miserable to watch. Like they are, they might be my least favorite team to watch when those guys aren't out there. Now, Zaha adds a lot. He's a fun player. Um, and and I, I think that's sound logic. Maybe not helpful as we record here on the Thursday, which is the tricky thing with these lineups, like you say, Dylan. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't bet on palace all year and that ain't changing. Even if Zaha plays, so I'll stick with the under. I, I think, I think they have more upside, I guess is what I'm saying, but Zaha hadn't played for like over a month and he came on last game as a sub. I've been fading them the whole time he's been out. I, I, I cashed a Burnley clean sheet at plus plus one eighty when he was out for this exact reason. And if he's back, I hate West Brom. I think they suck, and I kind of have to bet that if he plays. I don't. I trust me. I have I have multiple fades on Crystal Palace season long, so I'm definitely not positive on the squad. But if, and I'm kind of with you. It's like if you don't have to bet that this game. I mean, you don't have to. It's a pretty ugly game, but I would I would go CP probably if he plays. I'd have to I'd have to agree with that sentiment. We'll wait for the lineup there, but definitely I'm with Taylor on the under in that one. 
Everton versus Burnley. Everton minus 120 at Goodison Park. Burnley plus 360 in the draw, plus 250. Everton to be without James Rodriguez and now potentially Gilfie Sigurdsson as well. That's still not stopping me, though. I, 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 I'm officially back on the take the toffees train. Yes, they got beat by Chelsea. Yes, it wasn't one of their particularly best performances, but this is a team that is very much angling for that top four spot. I believe that they're going to try and get in at the expense of Leicester and that your top four at the end of the year will be City, United, Chelsea, and potentially Everton. Um, this is one of those games that they that have to happen. keep picking up, and I think that they're going to be able to do it. Give me Everton minus 120 here. Dylan, you're saying not going to happen. How dare you slander my foxes on this podcast? <laughs> they have been – look, the Leicester City, and we can, we'll we we'll talk about them more when, when we talk about their matchup with Sheffield, but I have I have my thoughts on Leicester City here. Taylor, how about this game, Everton-Burnley? So I'll just say this. The money line looks too good to be true. That is a juicy, solid price for Everton just to win this game straight up. And yet, we have Dylan Esma on the show. I have to honor the guest with a very Dylan Esma play here. Burnley plus three quarters of a goal. Burnley plus 0.75 in this. Keep in mind, the Clarets have drawn four of their last five this is a huge draw team. A couple of those games include Arsenal and Leicester. Not bad teams. Uh, there's an argument that maybe Everton's more talented than either of those teams, but with some of the injuries that you mentioned, Tom, it feels like a bounce-back Everton game, and it feels like if they slip up at all, that top four is probably slipping. And yet, I just feel like the Burnley annoyingness is going to get under Everton's skin. I like the fact that I can get three-quarters – uh, gives me some flexibility, gives me some protection. I'm going Burnley plus 0.75 in this one. Dylan, tough, how about you? Tough, I, I think this You're is welcome, a, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> this is a tough game, I think. Um, so hopefully some of the comments I had just add some value. With Burnley, I think it's important that Chris Wood plays. So, and you'd be like, who the hell is Chris Wood? Most people would say that. Huey, baby. But he's their striker, and a lot of the stuff that they do is they pack it in, and then they play long balls to him. He's really great at trapping the ball, controlling the ball, holding up play, you know, and that kind of lets Burnley's guys get upfield. And if they don't have that ability, they have a hard time passing out of the back. They, that's really – not you know a strength of them they play direct they play long balls without Chris Wood they don't do that as well that's my opinion there and so if he doesn't play it's pretty much that simple to me if he doesn't play I'd probably bet Everton if he does play I'll bet plus half like for sure so that's and I think the results have kind of bared that out is that, you know, their reserves. And I think Barnes is hurt too, which is their other kind of good hold up striker, physical kind of guy. Um, and so if we're looking at both of them being out, I think it's a good bounce back spot for Everton. Um, so th that's kind of how I would view this game. Hopefully he plays and I'll be on Burnley. I see plus half minus one Oh five. Um, so yeah, that, that might play and James being out, 
um, I don't know what just happened. Hamez being Syracuse out. Uh, three. <laughs> Hamez being out, obviously, you know, it's a negative. Um, so, uh, but Hamez has been be out for a little there. while. That's been Everton's and, kind of found ways around that this year. Yeah, yeah which yeah. which has been big. DCL and Richarlison have been fantastic. Yeah, with DC, Yeah, exactly. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I to me like the Burnley thing. They need one of those strikers. Without them, they're gonna have trouble, especially against Everton. Who, you know, I think defensively, I don't think they're I don't think they're bad. So I think Burnley might struggle if if one of those guys can't go. What's up with Chris Wood? He played last game. Uh, did he get hurt in training or something? No, but I just don't know if it was a one game because before that he was out for multiple games. So I just, uh, you know, it's just a caveat. I I think he's going to play, but I'm just saying if for whatever reason he doesn't, that would be, you know, I I think it's good for people to listen to this podcast. Like, you know, what kind of players do I look for in an injury report or a lineup that's like, this person's important, this person's not as important. And to me, Barnes and Wood are, you know, and obviously like Tarkovsky, me, like Pope. Nick Pope, like those, you know, everyone else though, I could kind of interchange and it wouldn't be a, a huge deal. So totally, totally. Now, guys, let's move on here because we still got lots of games to get to on this slate. Fulham versus City. Fulham nine to one at home. City minus two ninety-five, draw plus three ninety. Can I interest anyone in taking Fulham nine to one on the money line? Taylor, how about you? No, although I will say this, to Fulham's credit, City is, and we've touched on this, City is one of these handful of teams in the world where you look at them every single game, and this is despite the fact that they lost finally against the other half of Manchester. But they're one of these teams I think you still have to look at and say, all right, I need to take them every game. What's the number? What's the goal spread? What am I taking them on? Um, and they, they lost two games ago, of course, because they played in midweek and beat Southampton. But uh, the credit to Fulham I'm giving is that I'm actually pausing and saying, hmm, I don't know if there is a City play that I want because I don't know if I want City to blow them out. If you look at Fulham's recent games, granted, they haven't been playing a team of Man City's caliber. They beat a Liverpool team that is in this atrocious domestic form. And they still have this thing where there are games where it's like, oh, it felt, it feels like, Fulham should have scored more than a goal in that game, or they should have scored at all in games where they didn't score. Having said that, you know, if they have one of those where it's like a first half and they have a couple of chances they don't put in, suddenly City gets going and they're up three or four nil, would that be shocking? Absolutely not. We just haven't seen those blowout losses from Fulham in a while. And so I think I have to stay away from this uh, completely. You know, I like the development of some of those Fulham players. I think it was cool to see Lamina score last game. Uh, a fun player in that midfield as a, as a kind of a Southampton backer. I've enjoyed him for a while. Harrison Reed's a boss. Harrison Reed's awesome. Um, uh, I still, it still feels like this is a team where if you put, hey, look, any team, if you put a star goal score and they're going to be good, that's not a hot take. But if you, if you dropped a really good center forward into this team, it feels like they could be like a top eight or top 10 team in the Premier League. So uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. They're playing one of the best teams in the world. I'm obviously not going to take Fulham in any way. But the credit to Fulham here is that I am pausing and not taking a city goal spread number, which is what I was looking at. Yeah, I mean, you're getting no value on City to win the game, which is to be expected. But 
I, I think I agree. I just don't want any part of this game because I don't know quite what that number would be for City that would pull you the value you need versus actually being able to happen because this Fulham team has been rather plucky. Dylan, anything from you? Yeah, I um, I love Fulham. I think I've really liked. I really just like how much they're fighting. You know, if you if you play if you watch like some of the you know bottom five or six and you watch Fulham like their reaction when they beat Liverpool, it was like, that was like the most important thing in the world to that team. And I just, I really, I really admire like just how they're going about this. Um, I like to me, if I was going to play it, the the logical play to me would be the under. Um, do I want to play it? No. City just beat Southampton five to two. So um but, but yeah, I, it, it kind of feels like Fulham are in form off the upset. Books are like, oh, we'll give you one and a half. And it kind of feels like a sucker bet. If anything, I might do City minus one and a half plus 105 um, if I had to play the side. And then the under two, 275 is probably where I would go just because, you know, City probably aren't going to concede a goal to Fulham. And so... You know, I, I just think and, and Fulham have been for whatever you want to say about them, they've been very solid defensively and in the midfield. And so I think you're probably looking like a two zero Man City one. That would be kind of my read. It's not my favorite play. And again, I think the books are kind of they're kind of like trying to get you to bet Fulham, I think. One and a half yes. is what it feels like. <clears throat> Yeah, so, no, guys, I would agree. I don't I think the books are offering that. anything solid there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, guys, moving on to Southampton versus Brighton. Southampton, oh, cover your, hide, hide your eyes, Taylor. Southampton, two to one at home. Brighton, plus 160 on the road is the favorite and the draw plus 205. Taylor Wilson, Southampton futures are in shreds. <laughs> Under two and a half goals seems like the only play to me here. I like under two and a half. I am, uh, I am hoping that that midweek five, two loss to city throws some people off the Southampton scent even more than they already are. I will say this. So look, I have been a huge kind of Bednarek investor guard stand from earlier in the season when they were fantastic. They haven't looked the same since injuries for both of them. I do think that win away to Sheffield United before this blowout loss is a solid blueprint for what we can expect from Southampton in this game. I still think that center back pairing gets their confidence up against kind of the lower teams. And look, we look, you know, we can reiterate all the Brighton XG stuff, depending on where you're getting your analytics from, they could be as high as fifth in expected points. And they're obviously not fifth in the table. I think this game has all of that written over it once again, which means the under makes sense, right? And doing some things, that the analytics like doing some things in the box, but not doing enough to score goals. Um, and I think that's a great matchup for those center backs that I'm talking about, Bednarek and Vestergaard to get their confidence up. So I actually like that Southampton price. I'm going back to the Saints here, Southampton plus 200. And I'm also taking under two and a half. I'm going two plays in this game. All right, bold. How about you, Dylan? Yeah, the Brighton thing is just frankly hilarious at this point. Um, like, I'm just, I'm not even surprised anymore. It's just like, oh, Brighton wasted like 15 chances. Wow, that's weird. 
Um, I'd probably play the draw if I had to. I hate this game. Um, <laughs> you know, some of my buddies would say, yeah, Brighton, it's minus 128 pick. Like, that's too much, fellas. That's too much. It's I- like, if you could have gotten Brighton even money minus 110 sure but i mean that's too much if anything like i would go the other way that's too, it's too expensive brighton have won i think five games all year how are they minus 130 pick they've won five games the whole season so that seems like a lot so yeah I, I, i'll probably pass if anything i would play the draw or you know I, I think if you guys follow me you know i like to live bet some games i'd love to live bet this game if brighton somehow go up one zero and i can get like plus a half plus 0.75 maybe even plus one on southampton i'd probably bet that so that's kind of where i'm leaning there i just have no interest in betting brighton at all this season because they've been the most maddeningly inconsistent team in the world yeah they're as good they're better than leicester city like from a data perspective from a data perspective yes but they can't chain them together and it's why if i'm going to take this game i'm going to take the under but i'm probably just going to stay away from it because this could be that weird one where the teams combine for three goals and you get you you get over that hump i i it's so hard to get a read on this team and so i have just mostly stayed away all season again analytics people would say expected goals always revert and it's going to happen and hasn't happened yet man i I need to see it i I also i'm not no no i'm not no i understand i understand you're you're doing the analytics devil's advocate i get it no and i'm making a leicester city point where it's like people some people would say being tactical and being clinical it all works out in the long run and i would say well okay i'll take jamie vardy and james madison is what i'll take so well, and that's, and that's why the data doesn't really jive. So, well, let's talk about Leicester City then, because they're up next on the slate at minus two hundred versus Sheffield at six to one. The draw plus three twenty five. My hot take is I'm kind of feeling like a small, as Nick Henyon would say, pizza money parlay on the draw. Not not parlay, pizza money play on the draw. A lot of peas there. Yes. I uh, so, so to make up for doing two plays for giving the public two plays in a disgusting Southampton Brighton game, uh, I'm probably just going to stay away on this one. You mentioned James Madison, uh, Dylan. I, there's quite a few players in Leicester's eleven that I like. Some of them won't be playing in this game. I do want to wait for the lineup, but we know a couple of guys who are going to be out for the foreseeable future. James Justin, one of them. Harvey Barnes, another. Um, I, I don't need to be taking – like, life's too short to be taking Sheffield United in this kind of spot. But, you know, if Vardy is in there, he can pull stuff out of his magic bag at any moment. Um, I, I don't hate where the numbers are at if you want to take something on Lester, but I'm probably staying away. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah. I You, you said this earlier, Taylor, and, you know, it hurt my feelings, to be honest. <laughs> But I think it's true. You know, if they have to use like three subs in a lineup, they're just not that good. And, and you know, and I faded Brighton last week and took Leicester plus 200 with their dog crap lineup. And they beat Brighton because, of course, they did. Because um, Brighton's going to Brighton. But, you know, 
we're, we're now without Madison and Barnes who low key are, were the reason Lester were winning games, not Jamie Vardy. That's, that's kind of what, what, what the data would tell you is Vardy has been good, but like Madison and Barnes are the ones that were carrying them and they're without both. Um, and now we're at war without James Justin, their midfield, like not to go too deep, but you know, they, they started a guy named Tavares last week because Brendan Rogers can't start Chowdhury or Mendy anymore because how could he, they're horrendous. Like, so I think, I think the line's fair, but if anything, I would take chef, I would take Sheffield plus one and under two and a half. I would, that's what I would do. Um, unless there's a surprise in the lineup, but I mean, I don't know, you know, Lester, they, they beat Brighton off kind of a fluke corner where they're like third or fourth string right back. Um, Marty like got lucky and got a deflection in the goal. Like, how are they going to score? I mean, yeah. you know, Vardy and Iannaccio, like they're solid, but you got to get them the ball in good places. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Do I want to bet Sheffield? No, but yeah, plus one and under two and a half. Those would probably be my place. This, this Leicester team has been massively fading, which is exactly what they did last season, by the way. They, they looked strong in the first half of the season and badly faded down the stretch. And that's why when I talk about Everton finishing in the top four, I think it's going to be at Leicester's expense if Everton can get there. But I don't think Leicester finishes top four because they haven't been able to put together the games as of late to get there. They're not winning the games. And the, there's, there's a big fact here in the fact that we're kind of looking at Sheffield in this matchup. They need Madison back. Yeah. It's that simple. Like that, that, they, they, that creativity. it's kind of like, it's kind of like wolves don't even have Jimenez. They're a different team. It's the same. I mean, you know, this isn't Chelsea. They don't have, you know, a Pulisic on the bench. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I agree with you, Tom. If, if Barnes and Madison don't come back, like, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm an, I think I agree. Now, if they do come back, I think, I think I would have a different opinion, but as of right now, like hell of a result over Brighton with that lineup. So, you know, I think that had as much to do with Brighton as anything. Right. I mean, that's what you got to look at there. Uh, I I think at this point, it's the two Manchester's it's Chelsea and it's four or five teams fighting for that other spot. I think Leicester could be one of them in the mix. They do have a, a, a tendency to kind of silence the haters in spots like these, and they just kind of find ways to pull out games but I can't sit here with any kind of logic and back that up. So I, I think we're all in agreement on that more, more or less. They're an enigma. Like they win games, they shouldn't. And then they lose games where it's like, well, they probably should have won that game. Like, like Leicester are a tough team to read. So. Yeah, I'm guys, let's move. I'm definitely down on them like this year. I, I think you have to be at this point. They're badly ravaged by injuries and it's just not working out, but We'll have to see what happens. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there, but I, I don't. I like, like I said, slight pizza money play on the draw, if anything. But for me, this is another stay away game. But let's move on on the docket to the next one down. Arsenal plus one sixty, Spurs plus one seventy five, and the draw plus two forty. What are you guys thinking here, Dylan? I think it's a. I think this is a tough one. I, you know, I say this to, to my girlfriend all the time. Like, it's I'm so funny in that, like, my favorite games to bet are not these games. 
My favorite games to bet are like Fulham against like, you know, Everton. These big derby games, I think they're just so tough to get right. Um, and I and I think if I looked at my numbers and my success rates, I think that's what it would tell me. So, you know, I don't love this game. I think probably I would go over two and a half, if anything. Um, I don't really like a side. So, yeah, I would say over, but hesitant. So, oddly, Tottenham... And I say oddly because we know the Mourinho stuff. We know kind of how they were playing for several months. But oddly, they've been kind of a big over team lately um, in all competitions. Three or more goals on the total in seven of their last eight games in all comps, which they've kind of done quietly. Now, if you look at some of the teams that are involved there, there's the Austrian Wolfsburger in two of those games. You know, there's Palace. There's a lot of kind of like blowout Tottenham wins that are hitting those overs. I don't have a great read on this, but I will say, and I have to be consistent on the show. I think I'm going against you, Dylan, here, because I continue now. Look, what is the big six at this point? Like, do we consider Arsenal a big six team? I don't know, but. No, no, you, of, you can't. You well, okay, 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 okay. Regardless, regardless of semantics, right? <laughs> These big stakes, you know, if you look at the NBC promos, this is the game they're promoting this week, okay? If you look at yeah. the, the Sky Sports promos, this is the game they're promoting this week. The big stakes EPL matches this year, I have just consistently been kind of blindly closing my eyes and taking the under. And in the macro, like, yeah, there, there are games where that hasn't worked out. And actually, these are two of the teams that will sometimes kind of throw that off. But in the macro, that's worked out for me. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to take the under uh, 2.75. This is, this is where I, I could expect some blowback. The prices are not good. Uh, but under 2.75, Laying minus 137 is my main play here. I kind of lean towards Spurs winning this game. Uh, We've seen Gareth Bale rejuvenated. Does he step up in a big spot here? I'm not sure. He's been scoring a lot of those goals, like I said, against inferior opponents. But there is a little bit of a better vibe here with Spurs than when we were talking about them a couple of months ago. They're kind of back into the top four conversation. Kane, of course, a lot of this is, like you say, sometimes, Dylan, you don't have to overthink this. Harry Kane, one of the best players in the world, when he's healthy and back in the team, you can expect that good things will happen. So, you know, Spurs plus 175, I'm intrigued by, but may or may not touch it. I'm going under 2.75, though, laying some juice is my main play here. Guys, for me, this game is Spurs. I'm not overthinking this one. They should not be the underdog in this contest. Arsenal has not been playing that well. They're not a big six side right now. I'm sorry. They're mid table. They're a mid table team. And this Spurs team wants a champions league spot. Give, give, give me Spurs in this spot all day. In general, that- Taylor, I'm with you. I do the same exact thing. The, the only reason I said the over was I've been a little impressed with Arsenal's kind of attack and scoring ability. And then, you know, Bale with Harry Kane and Son. I'm just really liking what they're doing. And it, you know, example would be it was one to one Crystal Palace at half, which it shouldn't have been, but it was. And they came out and they were like firing. Like, so I don't know if Jose is finally seeing the light, maybe, where he's like, Bale's then we got to go for this. Kind of that's kind of what it feels like to me, but like, but in general, I'm I'm in agreement. You know, every Manchester game, I'm betting unders. I bet you know, 
I bet under in Madrid, you know, to get a draw with those big games, I, I do the same exact thing. This is more just like a special, special circumstance where like, I kind of feel like Spurs are going to go for this one, but I'm really intrigued to see what happens if Spurs go ahead or like early, or at any point early or not, if they go ahead one nil, I want to see how Jose plays that because there was the, the main criticism for a lot of this season was they were going ahead one nil in those games. There was that stretch of like two months where they'd go ahead one nil and they'd draw one, one because they were playing overly conservative, classic Mourinho, not making the adjustments, not trying to go out and get a second goal, just sitting back and inviting the pressure. I want to see if they do that against Arsenal or if they say, Hey, you know what? Gareth Bale is on fire. Even a guy like Deli Ali has put in some good minutes when he's been in there, when Jose lets him, Harry Kane and son, we you know, say no more. I'm really intrigued if that happens. Now, if Arsenal goes ahead, then you know, obviously they'll chase the game, but we'll see. No, but to your point, just real quick, if they go into half up 1-0 against Crystal Palace and Crystal Palace never scores, does the game go over? I don't know. Probably not, actually. So I think that's a good point. Guys, Manchester United minus 120, West Ham plus 350, and the draw plus 255. Man, you minus 120. I really don't hate in this spot, but West Ham at plus 350 almost tempts me because they have been a they've been a good team. So West Ham have only lost by more than a goal in two of their last 14. They've been playing well, they've been picking up some good wins. The first time that these two teams played this year, Man U won 3-1. But if you watch that game and the XG stuff would support this as well, West Ham was dominating that game in the first half. They went ahead 1-0, probably could have or should have gone ahead by two or three goals. And then, man, you kind of grew into the game. They didn't get their first goal until the 65th minute and then ended up just building on it. Depending on where you look at the XG I'm looking at right here, it was like 2.1 to 1.7 West Ham advantage in that game. So there's a couple of ways that you can look at that. Like we say with these second fixtures, if West Ham played that well, maybe Manchester United's made the adjustments and will play even better in this second game. But just looking at the prices, I'm doing another plus 0.75 spot here, similar to Burnley, another Clarendon Blue team as well. I'm going West Ham to keep it close, plus 0.75, laying minus 132 juice. And I'm offering a second play here as well uh, over two and a half, which kind of goes against some of the logic I said in the North London Derby, but just seeing the, the styles of these two, two, these two teams, uh, I'm going to consider an open game over two and a half at minus 120. All right. I, I, I kind of like that. I think that both of these teams are capable of putting up the numbers. It's certainly not one that I'm, that I'm leaning towards the under in. I think I'm liking that over as well. Dylan, how about you? Yeah, I think the key distinction, Taylor, between – like the last example on this one is that's the North London Derby. Like there's, that's a rivalry and they both consider themselves to be top six. Manchester United's like West Ham. They're not top six. Like, come on. I mean, I, so like, I, I think, I think me and United will play that differently. Like, you know, I don't think they're going to, they won't have a top six feel. I think me and United thinks they're better and I think they'll try and win. So because of that, I think the play is the over. I think me and I look kind of cheap to be honest, but I, but I, but my, my play would be over two and a half would be the one that popped to me. I, I think some I'd over alignment. Some sounds like we're a little bit different on the sides. Uh, you and Tom uh, 
in alignment there on on some kind of a man you play. Admittedly, I've been wrong on West Ham. And um, maybe I'm being stubborn. That's possible. So that's why I'm not betting the, the side. That's why I would bet the over because I've, I've been wrong on West Ham. They've been better than I would have expected. Um, so that's, you know, it, it could definitely be a blind spot for me. Yeah, this team has kind of just been sneaky good. I mean, they rattled off a six-game win streak without even uh, w- without us even really noticing it until it was almost over. They're they're a good they're a good team, and I, I'm I'm definitely a fan of them. I just don't know if I'm a fan of them in this spot versus a United team that is very much staking its place as the best team in the league that's not named Manchester City. And so that's that's kind of my dilemma in that game. It might lead me to stay in a way. But I definitely do like the over in this one. I think we see at least three goals here. Now, guys, one more game on the docket for the EPL slate. Wolves plus 390, Liverpool minus 134, the draw plus 270. Hard pass, hard pass. Still can't trust Liverpool in any sort of form in domestic play. Minus 134. Yes, Wolves have not been great. Um, I think Liverpool wins the game, but how can you possibly bet on them and feel comfortable about that after what we've seen from them over the what seven games in a row at home that they've lost now this game on the road but oh man i i don't care what they did in the champions league against leipzig they, they've been they've shown they can get up for the champions league they cannot get up domestically right now and they might finish outside the top six let's play what's that center back pairing featuring liverpool i i i have no i no read on this it feels a little bit like the uh the Sheffield United game that pool won like a week or two ago where they were in terrible form and, and they pulled it out. I would lean like in a vacuum. Let's just say we don't know the prices. Who do you think is winning this game? I would say Liverpool, but I need even price or better to even think about that right now with their current form, with their injuries. Um, you know, I, the, the value obviously is on a Wolves play here, but I'm staying completely away. Yeah. I kind of like Wolves. Okay. Plus half. What's plus half? That's got to be plus money, even. Yeah, plus plus one eleven. Wolves. Plus, I like that. Um, I like that. The, the thing about the Champions There's League logic success, to that, I just can't do it. Yeah, the thing about the Champions League success with Liverpool, I don't know if you guys watched that game. They wasted like, I mean, they should have scored five goals in that game. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, Mane and Salah. You know, they wasted like a ton of chances. They're lucky that Leipzig couldn't create anything because they were just wasting chances left and right. So I kind of think they're just a little off right now. And then on top of that, they, you know, they played, you know, Wednesday and they got to play on Sunday. Wolves, you know, they should be more rested. Um, I, I mean, I don't know why you would trust Liverpool at this point. I, Champions League aside, I mean, it wasn't like they took – every chance they had in that Leipzig game. They didn't. I watched. I was on the over. I was like, score, please. Like, why is why can't you score? So, yeah, I don't trust them. So, if I had to play, it's not my favorite. Um, but I would, I would take plus a half. So, Tom, you're right, though. Like, if, if Liverpool keeps losing games like these or even dropping points consistently in fixtures like these, they're not finishing in any European spot. They're, they're missing out on top six. You hate to see it, man. You just <laughs> hate to see it. Oh, I'm playing the world's tiniest violin here for them. <laughs> oh, it feels good. It feels good. 
Not going to lie about that. <laughs> now, Taylor, you've got a couple plays around the world, including one in the EFL championship, Sheffield Wednesday in Norwich. What are you looking at here? Yeah, the big Sunday championship clash. You don't need to watch North London Derby. You don't need to watch Manchester United West Ham. Just watch Sheffield Wednesday and the Canaries of Norwich City. Um, I'm laying them minus 1.5, Norwich that is, at plus 170. If you look at what they've been doing recently against bad teams, which Sheffield Wednesday absolutely is, they beat Luton 3-0. They beat Wickham 2-0. They beat Birmingham City 3-1. They beat Coventry 2-0. They beat Stokes, pretty good team, 4-1. They've been really extending those leads once they take them. This is a basically a, a – their attack is basically an EPL-quality attack. Lower, lower part of the league, but basically EPL because all these dudes were up there before. Um, Todd Cantwell, Emiliano Buendia, these are solid playmakers. We saw what happened with Timo Pukki last time around in the Prem where he was red hot for two months and then didn't score for like 40 games. But he's fantastic in the championship. It's where he knows how to score goals. I think this is money at plus 170. No one's going to bet it, which I like even more. It's just down there in the shadows of the championship. So give me Norwich City minus a goal and a half plus 170 against lowly dreadful Sheffield Wednesday. All right. I'm liking that play. You've also got one in Germany. And I think I know where you're going here because you've got Wolfsburg and Schalke. Are you on the fade Schalke train? We love the fade Schalke train. This show's motto is fade Schalke. Tom's former allegiance, Schalke, but I think he's now seen the light and moved on to greener pastures like a smart man. Uh, I, I completed I yeah. completed my transfer paperwork with the acquisition of a Borussia Dortmund jersey. That is officially my new Bundesliga team. I will not be taking any questions at this time. Thank you. <laughs> and wise you are to do so. I'm doing another goal and a half line here. Um, these are maybe scary for some people, but another slight plus value, in this case, plus 102. Not a lot of value for a minus one and a half, but Wolfsburg's been a very good team this year in the Bundesliga. Slept on, not a lot of people talking about them. A lot of people kind of assume, similar to what we talk about with Leicester in England, that they'll kind of be the team that drops out and makes space for someone else in those Champions League positions. Very well could, but, you know, they've been – pretty impressive out v horse fourth in the league in goals with 15 he could be finishing as the golden boot winner other than Lewandowski which is the only chase that matters because no one's going to be catching up to to Robert there um they're in a little bit of weird form back-to-back losses in all comps but I really like what they do against bad teams they've beaten Hurt, uh, Armenia Augsburg Freiburg is a little bit better than those teams beating them all by two plus goals over the last month month and a half I think we're seeing a similar scenario here. I'd like a better price, obviously, than plus 102 at a one-and-a-half goal line, but this has as much to do with Fade Schalke as anything. So hashtag Fade Schalke. <laughs> and one more for you over in Italy, Milan versus Napoli. So I'll give my play here and then basically hang up and listen and let Dylan tell me what's smart and what's dumb here as the Syria god, as we established earlier in the show. Um, I'm immediately thinking an over here, over two and a half, laying some juice though at minus 117. Italy not isn't necessarily the same as England in, in that these big clashes are always unders. They're actually just kind of really hard to predict, which is the tricky thing in this. Um, I think the Napoli side would encourage an overplay here. And I think the Milan side would maybe encourage a stay away. Uh, in four of Napoli's last five, the over 
Uh, this over would have hit, and only two of Milan's last five it would have hit. But it just seems like a reasonable number and price. Am I off there, Dylan? Like you said, I think these these games are tough. Um, again, they're not my favorite games to bet. Um, you know, like Napoli Bologna last week, I bet over three and a half plus one twenty, and that cashed. Um, I think you should be good, um, but you know. It kind of depends on Milan, if I'm being honest, because sometimes they can be annoying and just play for draws. Like they do that sometimes. Um, but expected goals wise, it would support it. Um, Zlatan isn't fit, but Milan have still shown that they can score without him. Not today, only one zero Man United through 60 minutes in Europa. But um, but yeah, I think I would support that. It's not my okay. favorite play of the week by any means, but. Dylan, is there anything you're liking uh, quite a bit in Italy this week? Yeah, so tomorrow there's two. Lazio plays Crotone. Uh, Atalanta oh. plays Spezia. Both of those teams have Champions League this week. So just be careful on those. Um, both of their opponents are poor, but I'm not sure I like those. Both at minus one and a half, minus 120. Um I think I would go the other way, if anything, just because I think you're going to see some rotation, especially for Alonso. Um, So I'd stay away from those, you know, follow me on Twitter or, you know, certain apps that track bets. Um, you'll see my plays. Uh, the plays I like, I like Verona plus a quarter over Aswallow, not Sassuolo because they stink. Um <laughs> I'll take Verona. They had a good result against Juve, one-to-one draw. They, you know, they play good team stuff, and Sassuolo's not even good. So um, I'll take them. Fiorentina, I'm fading Benevento, and Fiorentina have their guys back. They've been playing better. So I'd, you know, I'd probably wimp out and do minus a quarter again instead of the money line, a plus 130. Um, Genoa, Udinese, Genoa, plus a quarter. Those are the ones I like. All right. For the most part. Um, Torino, Inter, we got to touch on Inter because we've talked about them multiple times. I would bet Inter and I would bet the over. So what's the Inter number? What's like the Inter uh, zone you're looking at there? Minus one and a quarter, minus 120. So I'd probably just push it to minus one and a half, close to even um, would be fine. Torino are really bad. So it's kind of like, it's kind of a, in the range of a rivalry. So Torino, you know, could be up for it, but I mean, like we said, I mean, I don't think that's an outrageous price um, given how Inter are playing. So, so yeah, I would probably, I would probably say that's decent. Um, Cag, Cag, Cagliari, Cagliari, I don't know how to pronounce it, against Juve. Um, yeah. I would probably lean with the dog there, plus one. So those would kind of be my looks. Um, the Milan-Napoli game, yeah, I would lean over. It's not my favorite. My favorites, just to be honest, are the plus quarters. A lot of the dogs, I think – are in good, you're just playing bad, you know, like Sampdoria, Udinese, Benevento, Sassuolo, like 
all those teams stink. Like, I think those should be pickums. <laughs> so, all right, you, guys. You do like to hang out in the shadows, Dylan, and, and just kind of pick up those scraps, right? I don't know what I don't know what it is about me, but yeah, I don't like I I I see more value in kind of the lower to middle part of the card rather than like the the super, um, you know, attractive like, w- w- like you said, the ones they are advertising on. Those are like some of the games I think I have a poor track record on. So, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's jump on over to our best bets now. We are uh, we're we're at an interesting point here in the best bets uh, realm because Taylor, I don't know about you, but I'm going to try and get back to even this week with a perfect three and zero. We're going six and zero, including Dylan. If you're throwing in best bets, we'll go nine and zero as uh, as mm-hmm. a program today. I'm absolutely confident about that. I have no doubts at all. All right, let's get it rolling. I'll give out my first one this time because I'm going with the Friday game. Give me Newcastle Villa under one, uh, under two and a half goals, 141. That's the best bet. I thought we were going to hear an under one and a half. I got excited there for a second time. <laughs> all right, I like it. I like it. I think we're all pretty much aligned on that. I'm not going best bet there. Um, I will. I didn't think I would do this when I was just looking through the slate. But I'm going to throw in Chelsea as one of my three. Minus 134. I think they're one of the hotter teams in the world right now. This is just a – as a Chelsea fan, this is the dumbest thing I could possibly do to just screw me on the best bets and the fandom. Uh, Always fun. But as I said, I think you got to bet Chelsea in some way every game right now. And when you can get a reasonable money line at minus 134, everything we talked about with Leeds the second time around, I think Chelsea, probably with a heavily rotated squad, gets it done. Dylan, how about you? Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to start tomorrow. Under two and a quarter, minus one hundred eight. Um, Newcastle Villa. All right, I like it. We're clearly in alignment on that game, and I'll probably be putting something down on a lower total. But for the best bet, I'm going to give out under uh, under two and a half. Um, Taylor, I, I, I'm going to copy you. Uh, I, I like this Chelsea game too much not to add that to my. To, to, to my addition as well it's normally not something that we're we done. do but in this particular case oh we are absolutely done Leeds is going to win this game five nothing it's going to be a bloodbath but <laughs> get, give me Chelsea the minus 134 best bet I'm going to the North London Derby for my next under 2.75 at minus 137 that's the number I ended up finding that I was kind of most comfortable laying the juice the books have caught up to this under a little bit all the caveats that I said before with Spurs Scoring a lot of goals against the bad teams right now. You know, Arsenal, not a good team. Are they a bad team? Maybe you can make that case. I just don't think uh, I'm going to go against my principles in this game of the, the kind of the big stakes games going under. So under 2.75, it gives me a little bit of flexibility and some money back if this somehow hits at three goals flat. Um, I'm laying more juice than, than certainly maybe you would want to, Tom. But I like the under 2.75 here. I'm going to stick in the same game, but I'm going Spurs plus 175. They should not be the dog in this contest. They should absolutely be the favorite. They're the better team than Arsenal at this moment. Give me Spurs plus 175 as my third best bet. Dylan, send us home. Um, I'm going to go. It's another boring one. I'm going to go Leicester Sheffield under two and a half minus nice. 120. Nice. All right. I like that. I like that. Dylan, where can people find you on social media? Um, yeah, just 
Twitter. Um, Dylan E is is my handle. I'm also like he said. I'm, I'm writing for Betsperts, which which is a new a new thing. So I have a page uh, over there. Uh, it's it's called Striking Gold, um, spelled G O L G O A L apostrophe D, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so I'll be Cheeky. posting cheeky so i'll be posting content over there um you know a few times a week and then um yeah so that's kind of what i'm what i'm doing right now and obviously still tracking tracking all my plays so yeah all right best of luck on the weekend my friend thank you so much for joining us you can catch taylor at atlt will with one l on the twitter sphere and of course over on the book it sports app he is just t will with one l one quick point tom yeah, I, I have I have my just so it's on the tape. So people don't think I'm lying. I got to get my third best bet over two and a half laying minus 120 man. You West Ham. I almost never do overs best bet. So that's rare. Send us out. Tom. I'm oh, man, I, I'm with you. man. I, I, I'm so sorry there, Taylor. I miscounted on our best bets there. You're right. We had to get You're that good. in. You're going with the man you over. All right, that's going to do it for us. You can catch me at TV at work on both the Book It Sports app and Twitter. Download the Book It Sports app today. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Betting the High Line. If you like us, hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know your best bets of the weekend. Let us know how you did. Give us your glorious, glorious victories, your brutal bad beats. We want to hear it all, and be sure to, you know, help us out. If you like it, tell a friend. If you didn't like the show, this never happened. Guys, it has been a pleasure being with you here today. That's all we got. Best of luck this weekend.